is as the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's podcast is a part two with Robert Peters. Robert is the Senior Vice President of National Dropout Prevention, and we were talking to him about just what he's seeing in education. And so today's podcast continues that of challenges that we're uh, trying to overcome in education, as well as some exciting things that are coming down the pike in education and what to look forward to um, as we go from here. And so right now we rejoin the podcast with host Kendall Terry and Robert Peters. When you're looking at education right now, and it it might be, I know obviously AI is one of those challenges, but even with your work with you that you do with the National Dropout Prevention, what what are you seeing as challenges that that just as education as a whole we've we've got to look into to try to overcome and and maybe how are some what are some examples of some places that are being very creative and how they're overcoming those sure um you know we we talked about ai which to me is kind of like the future focus side you know i think on a a, another side is man um mental health right Mm. and when i say mental health man i'm looking more as you know we all have been affected by you know by our experiences in the past three to four years right and i've seen that the districts and our school systems that are able to truly address that effectively with children and adults or the or the uh the uh, school districts that their culture is more positive and their their culture is more productive you follow me yeah i think that a lot of the times we want to go straight into instructional pieces um, and we want to go, we want to talk about AI and how things can, can help. But uh, I think the more productive districts out there, they have kind of, they've kind of gone a couple steps back to say, let's, let's, let's begin to work through this whole mental health as far as our children are concerned. Because what we see is, man, mental health has nothing to do with the ability level of a child. You can be a gifted baby, man, and something has happened in the last three years, man, and you're giving up. You can be a child that there's three great levels behind something has happened and you're giving up. You can be a teacher and you've been effective, affected uh, personally and you are exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be a principal that you can't deal with those things. Right. Then at the superintendent level, you know, you've got politics. You've got so many different pieces that are just heavy stressors now. And what we see is one thing that I see is that's kind of that secret thing that everybody's feeling but not a lot of folks are really really talking about it and really addressing it the right way man yeah. so i think some of the districts that we see across the country like one popped out of my mind like a franklin mckinley out in uh, california they have kind of a comprehensive uh, uh program around trauma you know how has it affect the children how has it affect the adults what are some self-care parameters that we can work with self-care surveys man, dashboards with children as well as adults and i think that it's it's really uh been profound based on how they've been able to change their culture around that so i think that's one more piece uh, one piece and then i'd say the rigor piece you know like um as you know i mean if we look at our wnea scores man they're lower you know <laughs> So how then do we really begin to re-engage children? Children have been engaged through devices, television sets, and a lot of things like that for over years. 
So we all had a problem coming back to work, right? I mean, the kids <laughs> coming back to school, teachers coming back to work, right? Everybody was like, I don't, man, it's coming back to work thing. I, I like, I love this, 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 you know, a uh, virtual life, right? Right. So we, we all had a problem coming back to work. And the students have had a problem coming back to school, right? So now how do we re-engage children and we ourselves re-engage to ensure that we're not going back to those old workshop days and that we're providing rigor in the classroom? And a lot of that has to start with the culture to get your culture where it needs to be to then begin to go into the instructional re-engagement of children. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We, we talked to our staff about... Um, you know, the, the pandemic, I think, set this up. But, you know, when you're looking at our kindergartners, first, second graders, um, a good bit of them have not been to a grocery store. You know, you got Kroger pickup or, you know, whatever chain yeah. you go to, they have some Uber kind of online eats. pickup yeah. or they're ordering from Amazon or whatever. And it's like th- the things you learn when you're in those settings that, that kids aren't naturally getting exposed to. You know, when I, when I was having my kids at a young, you know, when they were young, you know, I may have dreaded going to the grocery store, you know, with a baby, but it was like, we have, somebody has got to go to the grocery store. So you, you know, with little ones and you're making deals with them, if you act right, you know, or whatever. And so don't touch anything. That's right. But (laughs) our kids aren't getting exposed to a lot of that. And then because of, you know, some of the the stuff that happened in our communities there, they might not be getting exposed to those social areas. And so then they come into school and, and we're no longer just teaching them you know, in kindergarten, you're kind of teaching them how to be a student, you know, what school's about, but you're, you're also having to instruct social behavior, social cues, social norms that before, you know, they kind of came with some of that and they're not coming with as much of that anymore. Um, No, man, definitely. I'm with you, man. You know, my son, my son, man, uh, he was, he was about to start kindergarten and COVID hit, boom. mm. And, you know, so he didn't really get to school until almost the third grade. Yeah. When I say get to school, he was on and off, right? right? So you think, I mean, I'm trying to run daddy daycare here, man, I'm trying to teach him as much as I can. You think about how hard it is to teach a kid to read, you know? Yeah. So you're teaching a baby to read, you're, you're traveling. I mean, not traveling, you're doing more virtual work. So, so he's almost, what, eight years, seven years old, eight years old, and he's going to school, right? So think about a child who's going to school every day mm-hmm. and getting acclimated two and a half, three years later, you yeah. know, in some cases, right? So that is, those the, the kids, and then when they came back, their vision of school was what they had done for the last two and a half years. Yeah. Our vision was school. I mean, let's be real. I mean, from an administrator's vision we and a teacher's vision, we had kind of gotten accustomed to this thing called virtual work. We didn't necessarily like it, but we got accustomed to it. Right. So it's now you're bringing all these people together and you're saying, okay, kids, let's snap back. My baby was like, snap back to daddy daycare? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what am I snapping back to? In high school, let's say if you were in the eighth grade, when you came to high school, brother, you were a junior, right? Mm-hmm. You might have been a sophomore or junior. Yep. So when you tell someone to snap back, they're thinking middle school, right? So it it, it, it was almost we were all in this kind of like this time what, what's capsule for a little bit. And now we're really kind of snapping back. And with the communities, what we're seeing is now we're all in different places. 
So it looks what snap back looks like in your district might look different from my district, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also, uh, we kind of have this residual of what I call device residual. We've been on devices for so long that we've kind of even gotten connected to our communities within social media, right? Yep. And sometimes that community and our actual community are two totally different communities, right? Yeah. So you got all these little pieces, these little webs that when you bring together, man, we got to kind of get through a lot of these pieces yeah. uh, from a community perspective. Well, yeah. and it, it really is, you know, as much as humans, as, as humans, we just resist change most of the time. Sure. And sure. you look from 2019, like you were saying, if you had a five-year strategic plan um, sure. that you wrote 2019, 2020, you know, you're not at the end of that strategic plan, but the world drastically changed in five years. And, and with the onslaught of AI, I mean, I love the excitement that's coming with some of that, but it, it, we have to recognize with our students that this is a different world. It's a different environment. It's a different climate socially and emotionally. Yes. And, you know, we've even talked with our teachers about, like, if a student came into your room and they had an obvious broken bone, there would right. be no second thought to say, we're going to call the nurse, we're going to get you help, we're going to get you the, exactly. you know, the, the services you need to get that thing fixed. But when it comes to mental health, that you know sometimes people don't even know what to do but and it, it kind of has we we put this um veil over it you know of, of secrecy yeah. or whatever and we don't just hit it straight on of sometimes people need help and that's okay yeah. we all do really we all need that self-care right. we all need that time to to recharge and refocus and recenter and so um, i love hearing our teachers talk about that of, of what they're doing with mindfulness what they're doing with right. uh, meditation what they're doing in their community circles to to encourage exactly. that community back together and, and realize when you have that community and it's a, and a strong community, you help those that need help. Right. And so, right. you know, doing that in our classrooms, teaching our kids how to do that, I think is huge for their success as they progress forward um, in the right. world. And so I, I no, love... Man, I'm with you. And, it's, it, and really it's all about mindset, right? You know, like mm. sometimes the older that you are, people have this misconception of this negative view of therapy. You yep. know, they thought that, oh my, oh, mental health, that's not a good deal, right? Uh, so it's it's really um, about understanding that we've all gone through this and we all need to talk to someone and we all need strategies, right? Yeah. So uh, I think the mindset piece is extremely important. We've seen that across the country. You know, sometimes you Gen Z, you Gen Xers, some older, you know, if you're around 40, you're like, okay, these kids are soft. You know, <laughs> so it's this, you know, it's this perception of what you think should be. And sometimes, man, our world, you know, not sometimes, our world has changed significantly. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we, we are no longer, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're like you said, we're, we're not even the organization we were three years ago, right? Yeah. So, how do how do we all just kind of regroup and then how do we care for the present and then how do we what does our future truly look mm. like you know we really have to look at that from a community perspective right so yeah. it's huge so yeah. when you're working with school districts i know everyone's unique i'm not saying there's like a one size fits all there but um and you're working with them on goals you're working with them on strategy and that sort of thing um are there some common themes that seem to rise to the top of that of, of like some goals that seem to just come back up as you're working with different groups or, or some themes that, that come back up and, and as they're trying to prepare for that, like I, we're trying to prepare for a future that we don't even know right now. Sure, sure, sure. 
you know, I, I think that, you know, like what we like to do is, you know, like we would like to start out first with surveys, right? You know, like, you know, with, um, you know, surveying uh, the community from a kind of a value ethics and then kind of an instructional piece, you know? Um, a lot of the values and ethics revolve around the regions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you, 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 uh, there are some communities that are for things, some communities that are against things, and a lot of that has to do with the community. There are, however, some pieces that, that come up as far as data is concerned. Um, man, attendance all across the country. Attendance is children are not coming to school like they used to, mm. you know? Every district across the country is having some level of attendance issues, a retention of students, retention of faculty, retention of of all types of personnel. We're seeing that all across the country. Um, also, leadership. We're seeing that um, most districts all across the country there is vacuums. There's a vacuum of leadership. Uh, superintendency, as a matter of fact, in some large urban areas, man. Most large urban areas have um, cycled through leadership in the last few years. You know, it's not many superintendents of large urban districts or even a lot of districts that have been the superintendent for over three to five years. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, and you've got principals that are coming and going. With that um, leadership, um, there is staff development that's needed, right? You know, because what we're seeing is we're seeing that leaders are being kind of promoted you know, into positions that in the past they could, they probably would not have been qualified for, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you're, you're a superintendent and you're you're in a district with over 150,000 children and you, the last, you were a superintendent but you were in a district with 5,000 children. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big, you know, five years ago you wouldn't have been qualified for that position. Another thing we're seeing is for teachers. Um, teachers are very mobile. We're seeing teachers, uh, the movement of teachers uh, uh, in most districts. Uh, not a lot of, uh, of, of districts are keeping teachers for an inordinate amount of time. With all of these changes with, uh, with children not coming to school, there are efforts to how do we get children to, how do we get children to school, but not only just getting them to school, how do we re-engage them when they're here, mm -hmm. you know? So there's an emphasis on engagement of children. With that, leadership, with the teaching, requires a lot of professional development. What does, what does leading, uh, how do you lead a school district or a school from a, how do you care for this present? And then how, what initiatives do you facilitate? How many initiatives is too much? And then within the initiative, how how do you facilitate an initiative from start to finish, right? right? Yeah. How, what are the characteristics of processing through an initiative? What is your implementation strategy? A lot of leaders, you know, they don't have a really good understanding of the leadership strategy. And then from a teacher, the pedagogy, right? You know, like, what does a good lesson truly look like? What are the components of a good lesson? How do you plan for a good lesson? How do you assess a good lesson? So professional development is extremely key. And what we're seeing is, is if you are expecting a person to provide professional development who's inside of the system who might not have the, the, um, uh, the training, then what's happening is, is then the professional development that's being facilitated sometimes is not effective professional yeah. development, right? Yeah. So 
it's like as a district from a leadership perspective how do we get the professional development at all levels and then how do we facilitate that well and then from a leadership perspective that you know what is too much you know mm-hmm. like you know what is too much and then how do we have some internal checkpoints to understand you know we've got 15 different initiatives man and nobody understands any of them you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. so those pieces Definitely. Absolutely. And I think retention becomes even more important with the teacher shortage that we see nationwide. Yes. You know, holding on to good quality teachers is, is of utmost importance because, you know, the chance of replacing a good quality teacher with another good quality teacher uh, is challenging. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm oh, sure yeah, it's challenging man, across we, the board. We, we had a, man, we've had two large urban districts and they've started the year with 300 vacancies. Oh, man. And you think about that, brother. <laughs> that's, oh. that's hard, man. That's hard, man. Yeah. So, well, and the ones that suffer from that obviously is what we know as the students and and it's you know we've already seen gaps in education that we're trying to fix and and fill um, and then you deal with that with like you said the challenges that that you're seeing of of mm-hmm. young teachers teachers maybe not as qualified as they were in the past um, exactly. trying to figure that out and you're thrown into this try to figure out these gaps try to you know teach these right. tiers try to teach you know whatever the the system right. may be trying right. to do that and, and you're like. <laughs> Nobody's giving me professional development on this, right? Like, I, how do I do this, right? right? You know, you try to get on teachers. What is that? Teachers. Uh, teachers pay uh, teachers. Pay teachers, yeah. right? You try to get your worksheets on that, man. But listen, I mean, even that plays out after a while, right? Yeah. So it's like, how do I, how am I able to do this well? And it's almost in some some systems, un- unfortunately, they're not systems of support that are comprehensive to assist teachers, new teachers, on how to do it well. Mm. So what happens is there is this, you know, there's this in-out, you know, there's this this kind of this, what I call it, this Fred Flintstone run, right? You know, you're running, you're going extremely fast, but you're not going anywhere. Right. You know, that's a district, <laughs> right? So, well, and then that that leads to teacher burnout, then you know, because it's like it, it's it's overwhelming, and and maybe the AI is going to be something that that can help uh, with that and, and make that make that yeah. transition a little bit better. And um, I was interested in Ray was talking about uh, possibly some change in teacher certification to go not as much content, um, but maybe some other skills that we know are are maybe a little bit more important than the content uh, certification that we've done in the past. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And and, and states all across the country are having to look at um, their certification. They're having to look at, um, you know, we're going to have to look at another way of recruiting individuals to come into the teaching field. But even with with those modifications, that still, you get more individuals, but that still requires such a deeper level of professional development, right? So it's almost like, you know, like, I mean, I'm just thinking about it from a, a military uh, uh, perspective. You know, you get people who want to be like, okay, I've always wanted to be a soldier. That's one person, right? Training that person is a little bit different than saying, hey, we need some folks to fight. And you're like, listen, I don't know about this fight. Baby. Right? <laughs> like, you know, like, so So when we are actually recruiting individuals for this thing on education and, and making a difference in the lives of children, it really revolves around the levels of training that we're providing them, mm. right? You know, yeah. so even the ones with a mixed mindset, how are now we able to change the mindset as well as change the tools that, you know, provide them with additional tools that they have, right? Yeah. So that's a, 
Well, man, I want to thank you for your time. I want to value the the time that you've given me today, and, and I appreciate you sitting down and talking about this. You gave me a lot of things to think about as you were talking. I was taking notes and, and writing down different things I want to follow back up on, and um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to the people that listen to our podcast as well, just about this broader idea of education and what you're seeing and, and what you're doing. And I know the work you're doing with National Dropout Prevention in our country is, is huge. Um, and, I, and I think that's that's awesome, the time and energy that you put into that. So, hey, man, I, you know, one, one thing I can say is, you know, um, maybe about a week ago, we were at the conference, man, and, and, you know, you've got, man, we've got people, I say from sea to shining sea, brother. We got them from uh, New York, from California, all the way to California, Wisconsin, Montana. I mean, it's all over, Louisiana, almost every state. And to just really sit down with them to really talk about strategies to help the children that need us the most, mm. that is powerful, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll be in New Orleans next year, so everybody's pretty excited about that. Uh, and, uh, man, it's, it's really important to really talk about, okay, what are some strategies that we're seeing to re-engage children? What are strategies that we're seeing to raise your graduation rates? And then, you know, what strategies are you facilitating to build future-focused schools? Because... An alternative school can be a future-focused school, just like a regular comprehensive school can be a a future-focused school. And I think sometimes the titles that we give schools have nothing to do with the level of education that children need, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves a future-focused environment, right? Yeah. Uh, And what are we doing for children who are extremely bright, our GT kids? And at the same time, what are we doing doing for those children that need us the most, man? Yeah. It's, it's powerful, brother. It's well, powerful, man. Thank you so much for your time today. Hey, hey, thanks a bunch, Kendall. I appreciate it, man. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about our school, you can visit us at www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or you can find us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.